Hello again, I'm Paul Jones, and welcome to A Beginner's Guide to the Blues. In the spotlight, the only woman in this series, Bessie Smith. And it's worth remembering that by the time Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker and B.B. King had embarked on their pathways to fame, Bessie Smith's career and her life were over. Influenced by Ma Rainey, Bessie in turn provided the inspiration for Dinah Washington, Billie Holiday and countless other women, of course. She had a formidable talent which she exploited to the full in her comparatively short life, and hers was a life that was lived to the edge. But to the music, and let's start with this recording by Bessie of a very well-known song. By the way, see if you can guess who's playing the cornet.
wasn't that wonderful? W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues, of course, by Bessie Smith with Did You Guess or Did You Know? Louis Armstrong on Cornet and recorded for Columbia in 1925 when she was at the height of her popularity. Armstrong accompanied Bessie on several of her records during that period and we'll hear another track from both of them later. Also to come, some more details about a 1929 film set around that song. So, about Bessie Smith. She was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1894, one of six children, and by the age of nine, she had been orphaned. As a youngster, she was greatly impressed by the travelling minstrel shows, which frequently toured the South, dispensing their diet of glamour and escapism. So at 18, armed with her fierce determination and not inconsiderable natural talent, she used one of them to leave behind her abject poverty. In 1912, Bessie's brother Clarence, who had joined the Moses Stokes Touring Company, arranged for his sister to have an audition. She got a job as a dancer, graduating eventually to a singer. For ten years, Bessie toured the venues on the Theatre Owners Booking Association circuit in the southern states, and very popular she was with her audiences. By 1920, she was headlining shows at the 81 Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia. However, a recording career was on the horizon, thanks indirectly to Mamie Smith, whose 1921 version of Crazy Love first proved that black singers could sell records. Bessie went through several unsuccessful auditions, but in 1923 she got the breakthrough courtesy of Columbia. The first product of her new contract was this. Three minutes. 
A blues love song, the heartbreak kind, of course. Alberta Hunter's Downhearted Blues by Bessie Smith with Clarence Williams on piano. Recorded in February 1923 in New York with production by Frank Walker. That version of the song, by the way, made Bessie into the highest paid black performer of the day. One person who did figure large in young Bessie Smith's life was Gertrude Marr Rainey, who was the mainstay of the Moses Stokes Touring Company. Ma was ten years older than Bessie, and she was the first of the great female blues singers. Arguments among musicologists and rumours of the time tend to cloud the exact nature of their relationship, but Chris Albertson, a prominent authority on Bessie Smith, says that Ma would have certainly introduced her to the blues and probably fine-tuned her act as well. Now, we must remember that Bessie was a vaudeville artist. Even as a popular recording star, her live shows contained many different elements, and performing the blues was just a part. However, an unfortunate distinction seems to have grown here between what some people perceive to be two kinds of blues. Rainey had a more basic approach, more masculine, if you like. Bessie's approach was more theatrical, more showbiz, but thought of in certain quarters as somehow inferior. Well, I take issue with that argument, of course, and one exhibit in my armory of proof is this. Absolutely splendid stuff, real blues in all its simplicity. Careless Love Blues with Bessie Smith and Louis Armstrong again, who, by the way, was not her favourite accompanist. Recorded in 1925. Actually, the tune originated here in England during the reign of Elizabeth I, but was adapted and copyrighted by W.C. Handy as Loveless Love, and Billie Holiday did a superb version. By the way, so did Ottilie Patterson with Chris Barber, when the song came back home again in the 50s. Right, a reminder that you're listening to A Beginner's Guide to the Blues with me, Paul Jones. My subject is Bessie Smith, and among her many musical talents was songwriting. Here's one, Backwater Blues, performed by another southern blues belle, Laverne Baker. When it rains, I do, and the 
Backwater Blues, written by Bessie Smith and sung by Laverne Baker from an album she recorded in 1958. Ah, great. And you can hear how close Laverne's style and phrasing are to those of her heroine. Another of the artists in the Bessie Smith Admiration Society was Dinah Washington, and in 1957, on a tribute album called The Bessie Smith Songbook, she recorded a track called Trombone Butter. Now, this song was an adaptation by Fletcher Henderson of Trombone Cholly, which Bessie Smith recorded with Henderson 30 years earlier. But it's not only a dedication to the singer. You see, the original trombonist with Bessie was Charlie Green. We heard Charlie earlier on with Bessie and Louie on Careless Love. And on this track, he's honoured by Quentin Butter Jackson. Mambo, oh, oh butter, blow that thing. 
Wonderful. The great Dinah Washington, with Quentin Jackson exquisitely doing his thing on trombone butter. Now, as I said earlier, Bessie Smith's life and career were relatively short. By 1928, she had reached the peak. Her work and her audiences were in decline, caused mostly by the turbulent social and cultural changes of the time. In 1929, she made St. Louis Blues, the film I mentioned earlier. But it only lasted about 20 minutes, and few people saw it because of limited distribution. The same year, she made her Broadway debut in a production called Pansy, but while she was praised for her performance, the show was panned by the critics. Two years later, Columbia Records dispensed with her services completely, sealing the fate of her recording career, although she did get one record session in 1933, organised by John Hammond, but that proved to be her last. Her private life seemed to be the perfect qualification for her music. Drinking and marital problems dogged her, and the end came tragically in a road accident in 1937 on her way to a gig in Mississippi. She was just 43. It's generally agreed that Bessie's status in the development of black music is unassailable, for she was a pioneer and a heroine. Her title, Empress of the Blues, given to her incidentally as a publicity tag to start with, indicated that she was a musical force to be reckoned with. Actually, she was a physical force too, because on stage or in the recording studio, she was always in charge. Had Bessie lived longer, there's no doubt that she would have moulded the blues to the times, as she had done throughout her career. And I'm sure that there would have been a great renewal of interest in her, and possibly many more records. But of course, that's all conjecture. So this is Paul Jones, leaving you with Amina Claudine Myers, on vocals and piano, doing a take on another Bessie Smith song. This version was recorded in 1980. It's Wasted Life Blues. I lived a life, but nothing I've gained. Each day I'm filled with misery and pain No one seems to care enough for poor me To give me a word of sympathy Oh me, oh my Wonder what will the end be Oh me
a despedir. 